What's up, Bills Mafia? This is Gregory Russo, defensive end for the Buffalo Bills, and you are listening to the lockdown of Jake Jordan. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the coolest place in Bills Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. This is The Lowdown. You are listening to the Bills in Buffalo Podcast Network, and it is Friday. Friday morning, maybe you're driving in to work. You're thinking, man, I just want to listen to a little bit of Buffalo Bills content. Well, I got it for you. I don't got the whole hour. Hope you don't need a whole hour of content. Hopefully you got like about like a 20 to 25 minute drive. And if so, you found the perfect podcast for you. Now, again, if you've never listened before, usually it's me for the first half and then I have a guest on. It's the off season. It's really slow, but this is the final month that we do not have NFL football. My God, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not already, hop on the built in Buffalo bandwagon because it's growing and it's growing fast. If you want to be part of one of the most up and coming brands in Bill's Mafia content creation hop on, listen to the pod, support everybody all across Twitter, all across YouTube. You can find everybody. It's awesome. And let's just get right into this, right? Enough with the promos. I understand. Jake, why are you talking about it's just so hype. We're going into the season and with the growth that built in Buffalo has had just in the off season when it's been slow and there's nothing to talk about, man, you guys will be ready for my Friday shows when that season starts. Oh man, you do not want to miss that. But the one thing you might want to miss though, as I'm seeing that my computer is not charging right now and we're going to just plug that in real quick so that the podcast doesn't cut off. The one thing you do not care to miss, you hopefully you don't see this at all. Or uh, I talked about it last week if you haven't seen or listened i guess you have to listen to these podcasts i don't put them out in video format if you have not listened to last week's podcast me and my brother adam talked about lamar jackson specifically lamar jackson fans not all ravens fans coming and attacking josh allen because the narratives have been Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson because they're basically the only two super successful quarterbacks out of that draft class. Baker Mayfield close in, you know, third place. But Lamar Jackson fans just want Lamar Jackson to be the best. And Josh Allen fans want Josh Allen to be the best, which I think he is the best. Yes, I'm biased. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Deal with it. But that everybody wants their quarterback to be the best, right? You want your quarterback to be the best one in that draft class. And you know what? I think we've got the best quarterback in the draft class, but because their quarterback won an MVP a couple seasons ago, they have the best quarterback in the draft class, whatever. I can debate that till the cows come home. 
Uh, one of the things that has really pissed me off, and that's one thing that whenever you hear that, you know you're going to get a genuine Jake rant, is when you hear that I'm pissed off. It takes a lot to piss me off, right? It takes a lot to get under my skin, especially when it comes to sports, you know, in general. Like, everybody has their own opinion. Everybody has their own hot takes. Some people are dumbasses that put their hot takes out there just to get you riled up for clicks. Some people have hot takes that they genuine believe, genuinely believe and back up with some facts or statements that can show why they think that way. I'm going to tell you right now, one thing that I've been seeing has been thrown our way. The Josh Allen fan camp has been thrown all these uh, this this simple number of 21, the number 21 is really starting to piss me off. And that's just because it's the number of dropped interceptions that Josh Allen had last season. Oh, yes. Josh Allen had 21 dropped interceptions last year. That makes Lamar Jackson the obviously better quarterback. How could we not see this, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, my God. The sky is falling. Everything we've known to be true is a lie. Josh Allen is not the best quarterback in the draft class. He had 21 dropped interceptions. Stop it. Absolutely ridiculous. 21 dropped interceptions. Let's let's just, you know, completely ignore facts that exist, right? Let's completely ignore the amount of passing yards and passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns and in Josh Allen's case also a receiving touchdown but you know let's talk about these made up stats right dropped interceptions here you want to know what a dropped interception is it's pretty obvious what it is but apparently if you google dropped interception stats oh my god guess what you're not going to find it because it's not something that's tracked because people don't care you know what people care about? People care about real interceptions, which Josh Allen had 10 of last year, okay? Josh Allen had 10 real interceptions, but let's talk about dropped interceptions, right? 21 dropped interceptions. When, when did we start debating things that don't matter? My God, and you can take that however you want it. I'm talking just straight up facts. What... A dropped interception. That's like saying, is a ball that wiggles and gets secured again an almost fumble? Oh yeah, we gotta carry we gotta carry a stat about the almost fumbles that they had because we gotta use that to make somebody look like they're a lesser player than another one. Or oh, well, this guy's worse because he had more touchdowns, but he also had more almost touchdowns that he didn't catch, so he's worse. Like Nobody brings that up. Like, if you come to an argument with that, and I see it in every comment section too, it's just everybody. Like, and you'll see they've got a Ravens player, usually Lamar Jackson, or they're also the people that are on those comments that say, oh, don't care, Lamar better, or something like that. Some dumbass comment on it, right? See here, here's the rant. We're in the rant, everybody. Do you feel it? Oh, the energy is electric around me right now. Uh, one of the first videos I actually did on YouTube was after the Seattle game, and I just got absolutely electric on the mic when I was talking about letting Russ cook because everything that he was cooking smelled like absolute shit. You've got what we got to say, a genuine Jake rant here. So let's 
just talked about it, dropped interceptions. There's one thing that I can find of people that, you know, adjust the stats to find the dropped interceptions per se. And really, uh, you're not going to find anybody that has every dropped interception. The only thing I can find was from EDJ Sports Football Outsiders decided that they were going to do a thing called adjusted interceptions, which means balls that should have been intercepted but weren't. Uh, balls that were the fault of the quarterback but weren't. So let's talk about it, right? We've got actual numbers here, and I am not wearing my glasses, so I can't tell you exactly what this is. But the actual – and this is funny too. You're going to love this because they have from worst – to the best and Carson Wentz was the worst uh he only had fit well <laughs> I say only had 15 uh regular season interceptions but he also had 21 adjusted interceptions so they use like drops def like all that they they're like well that should have been an interception right we're gonna use that and just because the defender did not catch that we're, we would still add that because that was a bad read by the quarterback. Should have been picked off, but it wasn't. And, you know, we saw a game just like that with Josh Allen, right? It was the Arizona Cardinals game. Uh, legitimately, there should have been like five interceptions in that game. And I'm sure that's what led to a lot of these stats. But uh, let's talk about it, right? We've got Josh Allen had 10 interceptions during the season. See, I'm out of my rant now, everybody. Josh Allen had 10 interceptions, but adjusted interceptions, which is still a fake stat and not real and something that people should use in an argument to say who's a better quarterback, uh, 15. He only had 15 adjusted interceptions. So up from 10, 5, you know, 15 touchdowns. But right above him, you're going to find this funny. Lamar Jackson is right above him. Nine interceptions on the season, really good for Lamar Jackson, right? His adjusted interceptions, 16. Oh, but Josh Allen, Josh Allen's a worse quarterback because he had 21 dropped interceptions, according to them. Well, the only people that actually care about this stupid-ass stat say that Lamar Jackson actually would have had more interceptions than Josh Allen. I don't know where you get this 21 number this 21 number from it's mind-boggling i can't wrap my head around it lamar jackson is not a better quarterback than josh allen they just when i think about them here look lamar jackson is an elite running quarterback who has a system designed around him for success if you took lamar jackson out of that system and you took Josh Allen out of his system that he's in right now and put them in different systems in teams that already have their system set up and they just want a quarterback to plug and play in their system, what quarterback do I think would be a better quarterback in that situation? Ladies and gentlemen, it's Josh fucking Allen, of course. Sorry, Lamar Jackson fans. Again, look, you got a decent quarterback, and but he's not the best one in the draft class. He's not even the best one in his division, and we can talk about that later. But 
just give it up. Fake stats now? This is ridiculous. I can't handle that anymore. I got to move on to a topic that actually matters. And I'm going to make sure I just check right here, make sure that my recording is still running. I am. Hit 12 minutes there on that. Oh, wow. 12 minutes. You might get longer than a 25-minute podcast here, everybody. Uh, one of the things that a lot of people are talking about, right? Uh, I And you see what I did there where I switched to the, like, I, I went from the ranting Jake to really serious, let's talk about football podcast, Jake, really, really quick. One thing that actually matters is who is a cut candidate, right? Who on the team right now is a cut candidate? And I reached out to some people that I know that are Bills fans. Some are family, some are friends. And I just said, give me one name that you think could be a possible cut candidate. Some of these I think are absolutely ridiculous. When I say these names, I only... (laughs) I wrote these down. That's all I did. I did not think of these. Uh, There is one in here that I did think of. Only one. Uh, But let's just go into it. And I'm going to tell you whether this is not likely or I'm in the middle and it could be either way or it's likely. So let's talk about it, right? Cut candidates. Number one, I put down Horrible Harry. That's what was sent to me. Uh, Harrison Phillips. Dude is coming off of a horrible injury. Nobody likes tearing your ACL. Obviously, for a big guy, that's a little bit harder for him to come back. And as you've seen, our defensive linemen uh, are starting to get a little bit more stacked up, even though we would like Harrison Phillips to eventually become that defensive tackle like Kyle Williams that we had for a while. And, you know, that was always the thing that he was billed as, right? It's like, oh, this is going to be our next Kyle Williams. And as much as I want to say that that's true, Harrison Phillips, uh, I think, is one of those guys that he's coming into a contract year. This is a big thing. And if we're not even sure that he can be, and, and don't get me wrong, towards the end of the season last year, he started to be getting more into form. For me, personally, I love Harrison Phillips. I love what he does for the community. And you can't let that, like, cloud your... It's a business decision whether you got to keep Harrison Phillips or not. And what you're hoping for is that this season he really gets into form and he can be a formidable part of your formation that you have. So I don't see them cutting him. I feel like he's kind of like one of those guys that were still... He's still kind of an experiment. But if for some reason they go into, you know, their regular camps this year and he's just not making the cut, could I see them cutting Harrison Phillips? Yeah, I I could. Uh, I think this is a neutral, uh, almost leaning towards not likely just because I think Harrison Phillips is still one of these project players that we have. And, you know, just because he had that injury, we're really hoping that that, that didn't stunt his development. So... Harrison Phillips, neutral to not likely that that guy's cut. Here's my here's my pick, ladies and gentlemen. Cody Ford. Uh, out of everybody that Brandon Bean has drafted, and I've heard this across multiple podcasts, and it's not just, it's not my original opinion. Hello, you know, there's not a lot of those out there. But Cody Ford as a cut candidate, I'm going to tell you right now, 
Not likely that he's a cut candidate just because of the draft capital that was spent on him and just if he's healthy, but he's just not making the scratch because he can't do what we wanted him to do. I think he's more of a trade candidate than he is a a cut candidate. I think you get rid of him and get something in return. But let me finish my thought there of out of every single person that Brandon Bean has drafted, I would say Cody Ford is probably the closest thing to a bust so far that he has had. And trust me, let's let's just talk about this for a second. I know that B word is something that gets a lot of people, you know, up and, you know, just really tickles the angry part of your brain whenever you hear bust when it comes to a draft pick. But look, Cody Ford's gotten the shit end of the stick when it comes to just being plugged into places where originally he wasn't, you know, projected to go, even though we thought he was more of a guard, but he came out as a tackle, whatever, you know, talk about that. But the dude has just been put everywhere he has, and he hasn't really had a single year where you're like, Cody Ford, he's the man. You look at Cody Ford and you go, eh, eh, right? You don't look at Cody Ford and go, oh, man, we got to get that guy locked up long term. Can't let that guy go anywhere. But when you look at other players, like you look at a Tredavious White, you're like, oh, yeah, 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 that guy, even though he wasn't drafted by Brandon Bean. Um, You look at Josh Allen, you're like, oh, yeah, 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 we got to get that guy locked up. Uh, When you look at... Cody Ford, you don't see that, do you? Like, you look at Cody Ford and you're just like, eh, yeah, if that guy wasn't on the team this year, I don't think a lot of people would be like, oh, man, I can't believe he's not. Like, I mean, Cody Ford, say what you want about the offensive line last year. We had fucking Brian Winters in at right guard and then Ike Butker, which I like Ike Butker as a depth guy. I really like that we're keeping him around. But uh, I think the big thing with Cody Ford is he hasn't really had that much time. And I and I said it last year, there's multiple games where if you look at the beginning of the season, our run game, when we ran it to the left with Dawkins and Ford out there while they were there, they uh, they looked pretty, pretty damn good. Uh, we were definitely ripping off more runs than we were towards the uh, later half of the season. But I think Cody Ford... I mean, with guys that we brought in like Forrest Lamp and, you know, there's competition there now. So if Cody Ford doesn't come in on his A game, then, you know, you might be seeing a situation where Cody Ford isn't on this team next year, everybody. Cody Ford might be the the Wyatt Teller, which I'm not saying that the, the Wyatt Teller situation is just something that, you know, that's like worst case. You get rid of a guy. And then he ends up being one of the best guards in the league. But if he comes into camp and he's just not looking that good, you try to flip that guy. I mean, he was a high enough draft pick to where, you know, you have some capital in this guy. You don't just let him suck and go, go out. If you can get something for him, especially with teams like Pittsburgh that have some really bad offensive linemen, uh, when you've got teams like that, you might be able to, you know, pawn off a of Cody Ford and at least get something back for there. So Cody Ford, Cut candidate, no. But trade candidate, yes. Don't be don't don't be saying uh, anything whenever you hear those Cody Ford uh, trade rumors. Uh, Cody Ford is on the trade block. You know, come around uh, training camp time or 
uh, the Bills are shopping around Cody Ford because maybe he doesn't make the cut. Maybe we've got a whole lot of lamp next year, baby. I'm I'm on the forest lamp train, so maybe I'm a little bit biased. But next one, Mario Addison. Look, if this was three, four months ago, I would be on the, yes, cut Mario Addison train. Yes, get his bum ass out of here. But I'm, I'm not so much anymore because if you got a guy like that and you restructure him, it's not likely that he's a guy you're going to be looking to cut. Now, I get it. We drafted two defensive ends, same position that Mario Addison plays in. But if we were going to cut Mario Addison, why would we restructure his deal if we were just going to cut him later? And I understand it was just a thing to free up money at the time, but Mario Addison did come into mandatory mini camps looking pretty slender. Dude looks like he's uh dude looks like he's ready to play. And that's one thing that uh maybe he felt the pressures on. Maybe Mario Addison was like, damn, they got these young guys to replace me. They're gonna have Star Latula lay back. And I don't think that that is going to be I think that is going to be the catalyst to make the whole defensive line just more efficient and play better. A lot of people don't agree with me when it comes to that, but I think that Mario Addison, plus he's a veteran guy, uh, you don't really see, unless these guys really fall off a cliff, uh, the veteran guys are in there for mentorship. So if Mario Addison's even in there just to give some Greg, uh, Gregory Rousseau or a Boogie Basham like a couple of points, uh, uh, like some pointers, I see him sticking around just for this last year on the contract. So Mario Addison, I would say that's a not likely cut situation. Isaiah McKenzie. This is a big one, everybody. Isaiah McKenzie's playing for pretty much nothing. Uh, Brother Bill might not like my take on this, but I think Isaiah McKenzie being a cut a, a cut candidate, uh, he's more on the likely side. And that's just because of how stacked our wide receiver room is. I think that unless... Isaiah McKenzie is able to take on the Andre Roberts role, but be more productive of a wide receiver than Andre Roberts because we've seen it that Isaiah McKenzie is a decent wide receiver. Uh, we've seen him as a gadget guy. You know, you just can't. The dude has skills, right? And he returned a punt for a touchdown last year, which is more than Andre Roberts did. And I said that way back in the day when I was uh, talking with Dave Tilton from the Air Raid Hour uh, when we were doing like a like a Judge Mathis and Friends stream on like a Sunday or something. But uh, I, I think Isaiah McKenzie, unless he's your main special teams guy and somehow he's able to fill both roles, then he's not going anywhere. But if for some reason he's just a guy there that, you know, just kind of is there to return kicks... I don't know. I would say he's more on the likely side of neutral, not fully likely like, oh yeah, he's definitely gone tomorrow. But Isaiah McKenzie is one of those guys where it's like, yeah, you know, we got too many guys. If a team comes a call and saying like, hey, we see you got a lot of wide receivers there, you know, which ones are available? Uh, maybe, maybe you shop around Isaiah McKenzie and you're able to get a little bit more since, you know, he's on a fairly reasonable contract for a team that maybe needs a wide receiver and you get something instead of cutting him. And that's one thing that I want to stress 
Maybe maybe these guys don't get cut. Maybe all these guys get flipped for draft picks because that's the kind of GM that Brandon Bean is. Now, Jake from State Farm, everybody. Uh, Jake from is probably one of those guys that I would say this is the closest to likely possibly only because Jake Fromm was kind of brought in to be the COVID quarterback, right? Like he was quarantined from everybody and was just over there just in case a Denver Broncos situation broke out where they had no quarterbacks and they needed Jake Fromm ready to go. This year, don't think you're going to have to worry about that because you got Josh fucking Allen and then you got big money Mitch let me kiss those titties just got married congratulations to Mitchell Trubisky um and then you're gonna have Davis Webb who I think is just a guy that everybody on the team loves I think Jake Fromm is just kind of the odd man out when it comes to that so maybe there's a quarterback needy team that you just kind of flip a Jake Fromm to and just say yeah here you go you can have him for like a late round a super late round pick like doesn't even fucking matter like Jake Fromm is not a guy that I would say is probably I think he was just brought in as maybe a little bit more of a chip to have there just in case something were to happen during the COVID season I think that's it so Jake Fromm I'd say more than likely to be cut now these last two I think are utterly ridiculous and we're gonna end them on these two players before I wrap the show up and thank you guys for listening again. Now, Starla Tulele. First off, the person who sent me this, I'm not going to put their name out there, but what the hell are you thinking? Our defensive line without Starla Tulele last year looked like buns. Straight dog water. I don't even want to think about it anymore, right? Our pass rush seemed almost non-existent. We had three techs playing at the one technique position it was just a mess and we couldn't figure out what the hell we wanted to do right so now our one technique comes back yes he looks a little bit slimmer but he's going to put some weight on before he goes into camp and he's going to be ready to go and you want to cut this man no very not likely star latulale is what we need i think he's what we need now there are better one techniques that we could have at the position. Okay. I'm not saying that star technique, star technique. My God, everybody. Can you tell I'm tired? Star Latulale is the one technique we have. He's the one that we need at this moment. And he's the one that we're stuck with because you're not cutting him because it costs more to cut the man than it does to keep the man. So why the hell would you cut him? Star Latulale, ridiculous cut candidate would not ever get cut he's on the team this year whether you like it or not and the last one Devin Singletary I get that our run game was bad last year okay our run game almost seemed non-existent to the fact to where we had coaches coming out Pete Carroll I said this last year not last year last week Pete Carroll coming out and saying yeah we thought they'd run the ball a little bit more no we have become an air raid offense and we need our run game to be a little bit better. And yes, we brought in a guy like Matt Breida, who is a zone scheme runner, which is something that the Bills have ran a lot of. But is that going to stop the Bills? Are, are they going to cut Devin Singletary? Hell no. Have you seen that man? That man is yoked. 
and he is ready for this season. Now, I would say Zach Moss is more of a cut candidate than Devin Singletary, and Zach Moss is definitely not getting cut, okay? Devin Singletary, I believe, is going to be part of a three-man group of running backs, and they're going to have a trio of running backs, and maybe they're going to try to run it a little bit more like a San Francisco, and that's what we get. You get a little a running back by committee you get there with those three running backs, and I don't see a problem with that at all. But Devin Singletary on the cutting block? Dude, you got to be kidding me. So that wraps up our show. I think it's about like 28 minutes, a little closer to 30. I want to thank you guys for tuning in on this beautiful Friday. Hopefully you're just pulling into your parking spot to your job that you oh so love so much and you cannot wait to get out at whatever time you get out of your job just to head into the weekend. And if you work the weekends, hey, go get that money, dude. It's just you. Go get that money. You work. Get that bread. I've been Jake. This has been the coolest show in Bill's Mafia, The Lowdown. And I wanted to bring this up at the very end. Uh, Gregory Rousseau, I have brought this up at the point when he did the intro to my show. I don't know if he read my like my thing wrong or maybe just didn't see the handle, but he, he called it the lockdown. So I got to find a way to get the lockdown kind of the lockdown. I'm, I'm going to give you the lowdown with the lockdown. I don't know. I'm lame. Something like that. Anyway, thank you for listening. I will see you guys next week from sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I've been your host, Jake. This is the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. This is the lowdown on the built in Buffalo podcast network, and I will see you guys next week. Oh,